Thanks, Grace Church. It is an honor to stand on this stage to, to bring the word, but also to talk about Destiny Rescue. You know, Sarah and I, my wife and I, Grace Church is home for us. When we're not out traveling on the road to doing the work that we do with Destiny Rescue, we are here uh, with you. Um, so whether you're here on site or you're watching online, it's a joy to be, to be with you guys, to, to continue to share just all that God is doing because God is up to something incredible in the Space Coast. Amen? You know, and I just want to say also thanks to Pastor Aaron and Pastor Nicole for the way that you love Jesus and how you serve others and you lead Grace Church. It's an honor to be here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity, Sarah, and I love you guys dearly. And it's, man, I, I told First Service this, but I'm just excited about what God is doing. And as we dive into a time of, of, of hearing from God's word, would you join me in a moment of prayer? Father, thanks so much for the, the promise of your word, God, for your word that speaks to our hearts and meets us where we are. And God, thank you that through your word, you bring about amazing things in our lives. So God, as we gather in this moment, God, we just pray that you would open our ears and our hearts to hear what you have for us, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So I gotta, I gotta make a confession as I start our time together. Um, I don't know if you were like this growing up, but this was my story. Um, and I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, I was terrified of the dark. Any, anybody else? There's a couple of you guys, the rest of you much braver than I am. But I was terrified. I mean, to the point of multiple nightlights, the closet light on, the moment that I would, the, I would be time for bed, I would expect like the worst. Like I would invent crazy things that were gonna happen and I was just scared to death. I, I can remember um, one or maybe 30 stuffed animals on my bed to help keep me safe at night, you know? But just that reality of being scared of the dark. Now, fast forward to Sarah and my first year of marriage. We're in our apartment, it's in the middle of the night, we're sound asleep, and we are awakened to the sound of a loud bang and crash as our front door comes swinging open and slams into the wall of our apartment. I immediately jump up and I'm going to do what most husbands do. I'm going to make sure there's nobody in the house. So I reach under my bed and I grab my baseball bat and I start to the door. And as I put my hand on the doorknob, I look at Sarah and I go, stay here. And if I'm gone a long time, call the cops. And I set out to tactically clear the house. What that means is I'm gonna shut the door behind me. I'm gonna sneak out into the hallway. The first room that I come to is the bathroom. I flip the light on, scan the room. Nobody's there. I kind of scurry down the hallway. Still bat in hand, I come up to the corner and I'm gonna try to make myself as small as possible. I know I'm a big guy but I'm hugging the wall and looking through around the corner of the, the hallway and I flip the light on and the light shines. I've got the whole living room in front of me. The kitchen's clear. I scan the room. I can see the door open and the wind blowing through the door. I walk around the back to the hall, back hallway, down the hallway, flip on the guest bathroom light, flip on the office light and there's nobody in the house and I start to relax. I turn and I see a silhouette in the hallway. And I scream, gah! I'm ready to, like, I, it is all fight. It is all fight instinct in this moment. And there's Sarah. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, you took a long time. I got scared. And I saw that every light in the house was on and there was nobody here but us. We laugh about it still. Like, remember that time? And she's like, yeah, that time, you know, I scared you to death. And I'm like, yeah. But the, both perspectives in that moment are valid and needed. 
the, the, the perspective of I'm gonna make sure the house is clear and that, that there's nobody here and the perspective that Sarah brought of this full picture of there's the lights on, there's nobody here and we're okay. It's amazing the gift of perspective, right? It's amazing what happens when you get to see the full picture because when you see the full picture, you get all these nuances in this full picture of what's, what could be or what might be. And today, I gotta tell you, Christmas is about a full picture perspective. I love when we tell the story of the baby in the manger and what's happening in Bethlehem. Matthew and Mark do a great job of helping us see the, the, the picture of what's happening in that moment. They zoom in, the shepherds, the wise men, the angels singing. But in the Gospel of John, where we're gonna be at today, in the Gospel of John, he, he's telling a, a different perspective on the arrival of Jesus. He's actually backing up and giving us a 30,000 foot view of what's happening in the world. Because the reality for us today is that we need to know there is darkness in the world. And John's approach talks about light and darkness and he gives us this perspective of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter one. The, word, the verses will be up on the screen as well. John writes this. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness hasn't overcome it. I love John's perspective. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I love the, the shepherds and the, 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 the opportunity that the angels appeared to, to, to those who were kind of looked down or outcast from society and they get to participate in the telling of the gospel story. I love that. But man, I love John's perspective. I love John so much. Um, if it's okay with you, we're just gonna unpack the entire book of John today. I mean, we got time. This is second service. There's nobody waiting. Y'all got lunch. You got lunch. You're all like, I got lunch, pastor. Like, come on, man. But, but I love John. And, and I would encourage you, if you haven't yet read the book of John, it's 21 chapters. You can do it in three weeks, a chapter a day. But you'll see John has this entire perspective over the, the whole book. John is, is looking at what is God's activity in the world because it's important for us to know in the midst of darkness in the world that God's pattern is to bring light to darkness. See, John writes, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That should jog maybe our memories or make us think about John's talking about something, not just about Jesus's arrival. He's actually looking past Jesus's arrival to creation, See, creation, you, you read it in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. The, spirit, the darkness hovered over the face of the deep, but the spirit of God said, let there be light, and there was. Like that, John's helping people see God, his activity consistently is he brings light to darkness, and that should give us hope. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we should have hope. Now, we should have hope because God's pattern, he consistently does it. If he did it in, John's trying to help people see if he did it in Genesis, he's doing it again in the life of Jesus, in the arrival of Jesus, because the people need to hear that there's hope. 
there's light in darkness. They're actually going through a period of incredible darkness, not just physical darkness, but spiritually. There's been 400 years of silence between the last prophet that spoke a word from the Lord and the arrival of Jesus to planet earth. 400 years of silence. In the midst of that, there's also physical realities, physical darkness. They're having, the people of Israel are now subject to Rome. The, the oppressive Roman leadership, the, the idea that when Caesar Augustus in, in Luke 2 holds a census that all the world should be taxed, the reason why you gather a census is so that you can count the amount of people and then you can tax them. The people of Israel are being exploited. And they needed to hear a message that there is hope. And I tell you, this is gonna be a little bit of a different Christmas message than what you might have expected when you came in because we love talking about Matthew and Luke. And we, when we talk about John, we get this big picture, but there's incredible joy in the fact that God's pattern is he brings light to darkness. I love patterns. Anybody else like them? I bet all of us do. And here's how I know, you ready? We all put the key in the car and turn it and expect the car to start. The car's always started, we expect it to start. Like that's a pattern, we can, we can build our lives on that pattern. It's amazing that we can build our lives on the, on, the, on the transparency, the consistency of the God of the universe because if he did it in Genesis and he did it in the coming of Jesus, then he could just be doing it today in our world. We should have hope looking back at the past to go, what might God do? Because what John does in verse five is rather unique in scripture. If you're an English major, you probably caught it. He changes verb tense in the midst of, of his writing. I was always told you don't do that. If you stay past tense, if you're writing past tense, you stay past tense. If you're writing present, you stay present. If you're writing future, you stay future. But John does it just really uniquely weird, almost as if he's trying to prove a point or to make a point. He actually uses a verb that's future. So it's like God's consistent pattern here, yesterday, today, and forever is that he will bring light to darkness. That should get us really excited because every situation you walk into is an opportunity for God to bring light to darkness. Every person you talk to is a, is a conversation that you can bring light to bear on somebody else's circumstance or situation. Every moment you wake up as a follower of God, you live from that place of hope. God, how are you gonna bring light to darkness today? God, what are you gonna do today? How do I get to see your activity today? Because there's something amazing when the people of God begin to walk in this hope-filled confidence that God's pattern was he did it then, he can do it today. And then John does something really unique. I know I said unique with the verb tense, but he does it again. He actually uses verse five as a bridge. The bridge he, he, he does here is he's talking about God's activity. And then in verse six, he says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, talking about John the Baptist. And he says that this guy, John, came to bear witness or to testify about the light so that through him, all people might believe. John doesn't just give the perspective of God's arrival on the earth brought light to darkness, but the activity of people get to bring God's light to darkness. In fact, we, as the people of God, we are invited 
to reflect his light and push back darkness. How cool is it that the God of the universe wants to invite us into his activity? See, the, 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 the understanding of scripture up until this point is that this was God's deal. This is what God did. And if God's activity is this, then we're gonna let God do what God does. But there's a, an amazing thing that happens when you merge our activity with God's activity, we actually get to drive out darkness in the world. We actually get to see God do amazing things because we're joining him in his work. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father who's in heaven. Our actions should point people to who God is. Our actions should point people. I wonder what God might do through us to push back darkness. Maybe it would look something like this. Take a look. We get to reflect the light of God and push back darkness. There's darkness in the world, church. But, as an, but the organization that Sarah and I work for, the area that we focus in and pushing back darkness and bringing light to, to, to bring hope is in the area of sexual exploitation and human trafficking. The organization we work for, Destiny Rescue, we're an international Christian nonprofit a missions organization that rescues kids from sexual exploitation and human trafficking and helps them stay free. So far this year in 2021, we've seen over 2,300 individuals rescued. Come on. Of that 2,300, over 2,200 of them are, are kids and young adults. We're seeing God do some amazing things. And it's not just because of us, but it's because of what the church is doing. My role with Destiny Rescue is I'm the national director of church engagement. When Sarah and I are not here at Grace, we're traveling around the US speaking in churches and inviting the church to join us and partner so that to push back darkness and find kids and bring rescue. And can I tell you that because of the church, we're able to see God do amazing things. We're seeing kids rescued, their lives restored. We're seeing them live into their God-given destiny and live out their dreams. That is is an incredible reality, an incredible invitation for us to be a part of what God is doing. See, what I, what I love is that I love the fact that we get to push back darkness. In fact, our agents, our team goes out undercover in bars, brothels, places that we know kids are being exploited or rented, 
and we go out undercover so that we could offer them freedom and, and give them a chance at, at life. So our agents go out in these places, these bars and brothels, and, and we um, will eventually break cover, tell the child who we are, what we do, and extend an offer for freedom. We also go out and do raids where we're out in these establishments gathering intelligence to, to form a case, working with national trafficking police, and from that point, being able to bring a raid to arrest traffickers and rescue everybody who's in the room. And so far this year, over 100 traffickers have been arrested. Come on. We have agents on the borders of, of some countries with the authority to stop anybody in any vehicle and ask questions and open up investigations. Our agents on the borders are, are rescuing an average of four individuals a day right now. We're, so far this year, we're averaging seven rescues a day as an organization. Our agents also have the ability to be nimble and quick, be flexible in our operations so that we can respond to, to opportunities or, or moments that we're made aware of. Because of that quickness and the flexibility, we've been able to, to rescue child brides into the Dominican Republic recently. We've been able to rescue kids as young as eight months old who were caught in trafficking. Church, God invites us to push back darkness. God invites us and we do it from a place of hope. We do it from a place of knowing that, of confidence that this, if God's consistent pattern is to bring light to darkness and he invites us to push back darkness, then we can boldly step into dark moments and bring freedom and rescue and offer this invitation of freedom and hope. And we're seeing God do some pretty amazing things. In fact, I want you to see a story of a young girl named Aya and hear her story of rescue. बंद कमरे में बहुत मैंने रोया भी थी बंद कमरे में बाहर नहीं निकलने देते थे बिल्कुल बाहर निकलने के लिए बिल्कुल रास्ता ही नहीं था सारे रास्ते वहाँ बंद है एक दिन में तो या 20 या 25 मतलब जितना कस्टमर आता था उन उन कस्टमर को हैंडल करना पड़ता हर एक भी कस्टमर छूट गया ना तो हमें पकड़ के मारते थे तो उन्होंने मुझे बहुत मारे बहुत मुझे अभी भी मुझे पूरा जिसम पे निशानी है जिंदगी में कभी मैंने सोचा नहीं था मैं निकलू वहां से तो मुझे सिर्फ यही लगता था मैं मर जाऊं अब तो मेरे जिंदगी अब मेरे से हुआ नहीं था हिम्मत से मैं हर गई थी पता नहीं भैया ने मुझे कैसे आया परमेश्वर में मेरे लिए भेजे होंगी हिम्मत करके बहुत हिम्मत करके मैं निकल गई वहां से I love how Aya said that God must have sent that rescue agent to her. See, Aya was in a, in a brothel where she, um, where she was under constant guard and her rescue story is a little unique, um, but our agent couldn't rescue her like they, he, they, they do normally. So what our agent did is our agent went in and, and met, connected to her and brought her a cell phone and brought her a tool because as she told him about the, 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 the intricacies of where she's, being, where she's at, there was a, a window that, she, that had bars that she would have to try to, to get out of. So he brought her a tool so that she could work at the, at the frame of the window to be able to pull the window out. And then once she pulled the frame of the window out, she was able to, to get out of the window. She called our agent and said, I'm, I'm, I'm free, I'm ready to go. He pulls his car into an alleyway. She goes out the window and gets into the car. But as she's getting into the car, she's spotted. 
guards from the establishment that she was at come racing out to try to, to apprehend her and our agent and her just peel out down the, the alleyway and she's able to, bring, to get freedom. Today, Aya is, she knows the hope of rescue. She knows the hope of Jesus who not only addressed physical darkness through that agent, but also she knows who her savior is today because of the work of Destiny Rescue, because of the work of the church. She's able to do what John the Baptist did and tell others about the hope that she has because of what God has done in her life. Come on, church. Another one of our, our agents was out on rescue with our team. And as he, um, as, as our teams go out, they, they go in, like I said, they go into establishments and, and try to find kids. He walks into an establishment and sees a young girl who's, who's, uh, looks to be about the age of 15. And as he walks into the establishment, he, he calls her over and she's supposed to sit with him. Now, the reality for her is that mo like most kids, they go into town looking for a job. There's a vulnerability. They come into the town to find a job. She's tricked and trapped, thinking that she's going to be working at a restaurant and she's actually working at a bar, forced to be with customers multiple times a night. And as, she, as she's in this establishment, our agent sees her and calls her number because in these places, kids don't have names. They have numbers. They're reduced to a commodity. They no longer have purpose or identity and our agents, what they do is they sit down next to these kids and they begin to restore dignity like Jesus did for the woman at the well in John chapter four. And as, as he begins to talk to her, he's looking her eye to eye. He's not doing all the things that every other customer is doing to other people. And as he's sitting there talking to her, he begins to get her story. And he begins to share, they begin to talk back and forth and the music starts to, to rise out of the speakers of the club they're in. And she starts bobbing her head to music pretending like she likes to be there. And as she begins to bob her head to music, he looks at her and says, do you like music? And she's like, I love music. He goes, what kind of music do you listen to? And she says, I, I love church music. Now our agent used to be a drummer for his worship team. He used to be in a band that traveled around the country to, 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 to play music, but also to tell people about Jesus. And as he sat down next to her he, and heard that story, it broke him. He paid a bar fine to get her off site so he could safely break cover. And as he safely broke cover and got her off site to a little restaurant around the corner, he says, please help me understand what do you mean by church music? And she says, I used to play, lead Sunday school and play worship in my church. I'll do anything for my family to eat. My dad got sick, so I came to town to find a job. Our agent broke cover immediately, told him who he was and offered her freedom. And she says, I've been praying for three months that God would send an angel to me. You're my angel. See church, God's pattern is to bring light to darkness and he invites us to reflect his light and push back darkness because there are people still trapped in darkness. Think about it as a church, how, how we push back darkness. We, there's a reason why we have Christmas trees with, with ornaments on it and we buy Christmas gifts to, for partner organizations to bring hope and to share about the love of Jesus. There's a reason why we, we, serve, we have serve days. There's a reason why we partner with schools and there's a reason why we do all the things that we do, fun days where people come on campus and there's Santa Claus in the lobby. The reason why is because we know God's pattern is to bring light to darkness and we know that there are people who need to hear 
your dark, need to hear the good news of Jesus because when the church rises up and pushes back darkness, people find rescue. When, when, the, when the church rises up and pushes back darkness, people find rescue. And I love the fact that as a part of this church, Grace, we wear love out. We radically transform the space coast with the love of Jesus because we know God's pattern is to bring light to darkness. He's done it for us. And now we have the privilege and the joy of telling others what God has done for us. There's a reason why we do what we do. Come on. Sarah and I started at Grace Church just before Easter. And church, you did it for us. You reminded us, you encouraged us that God meets us in our moments in our lives and there is hope. And it was, it was such an incredibly powerful moment for me when I was reminded that God meets us and he pushes back darkness. For Sarah as well, that God pushes back darkness and we find rescue and hope. And maybe today you're here and you need to hear that. Maybe you're watching online and you need to hear that regardless of the circumstances you find yourself in, there is hope in Jesus. He stepped into the world to rescue people and he steps into our world today, our lives today to bring rescue to us. You may, you may I, I know this to be a fact. I know that through Grace Church, kids are gonna be rescued. I know that through your generosity, through your prayers, through your encouragement, kids will continue to find freedom and hope in Jesus and they will live out their destinies. That's a fact. I also know that there are at least a million kids that still need to find rescue and hope. There's still at least a million kids trapped in this form of exploitation and slavery and it is not okay. And through you, church, kids are gonna find rescue. There are still people in the world who need rescue. There are still folks. And what I love is in, in John chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus writes this. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, it is about the hope that Jesus brings. And he steps right into the midst of our circumstances and our situations. But church, we have to rise up we have to rise up and push back darkness because when we do, people find rescue. And there are still those who need rescue today. Right before COVID, I had the opportunity to go out on rescue with our, our team. And as we were going out on rescue, we were going, walking into an establishment where we, we suspected that kids were being exploited and trafficked. And they gave me a cover story and told me that, that this was the things that I needed to do. And I sat down with our rescue manager at this establishment and I walked in pretending to be the out of town guest who was trying to gauge their capacity for renting kids. And I sat down with the bar owner and I began to tell her that I, I wanted young kids and I needed to see as many young kids as possible. And as, as, I, as I began to do that, she began to push back. We don't have young kids. We don't have any kids. We don't have any kids. And I said, fine, I know that there are other places who do. And I got up and I began to walk out. She reaches over and grabs my arm and forcefully pulls me back down on the couch. And I sat down next to her and she hands me her phone. And as she hands me her phone, she goes, look, and you tell me who you want and they'll be here whenever you come back. 
And I began to flip through her phone and saw hundreds of images of kids under the age of 15. My rescue agent partner grabs the phone and says, can I look at that? And he begins, cause he's building the case to bring a raid against this establishment. And as, as they're talking, this young girl comes over and sits down. She looks to be about 16. These, these kids are told to lie about their age so that they don't get in trouble or so that they don't, the, 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 the people who are running the establishment don't get arrested. And as she sat down next to me, we begin to talk and she asks me what I did. So I gave her my cover story. As I gave her my cover story, she says, that must be nice. You can do whatever you want. I said, yeah, I can do whatever I want. Like I can go places and do things. And then the next words that came out of my mouth, I just slipped. I said, if you could do anything, what would you do? She points over to the brothel owner, the manager, and she's like, I'd be like her. I said, why? She goes, because I could have all the money that I want and I would be free. Church, there are still people who are waiting in darkness. That moment, right after that, our, our agents instructed it was time to go and we left. And I'd, I'd like to tell you that we were able to rescue that, kid, that child, but we weren't able to. And I still pray for her because I know that, there are, that she's trapped in that moment of darkness, that hellish nightmare. But it's not just the physical reality that she's trapped in, there's a spiritual reality as well. I'm praying that God would bring the light of life. That's why Jesus said it was so important. He said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Never walk in darkness. Tala's free. The young lady who was rescued and she's actually now, she finished college. She's living um, in, a, in a home where she's able to now go back to church and lead worship and teach Sunday school. There's rescue that happens when we as the church push back darkness. And maybe today you need to hear the message that John wrote so many years ago. The light shines in darkness and the darkness doesn't overcome it. Light continues to shine, the light, the hope of Jesus, the ability for God to transform your marriage, your situation, your circumstances, whatever it might be. Maybe it's your heart. Maybe, maybe you're, you're spiritually undecided. And in this moment, you're wrestling with God. I, I, I hear that, that you can change my life and I want that desperately. God, I need you to change my life. Maybe this moment, maybe this moment is for you. If you're watching online, maybe this moment is for you. But I wanna invite you into this moment right now to begin to pray to say, God, I want you to step into my life. God, I need you to step into my life and bring rescue because God does that today. He did it then and he still does it today, church. So I wanna invite you, if you would, to close your eyes. And if you need Jesus to step in and bring rescue to you, I wanna invite you to just raise your hand. As you've done that and indicated that, maybe you're online and you're, you're saying, yes, I, wanna, I want Jesus to rescue me. I wanna invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, you bring light to darkness and I invite you now to come into my life, to lead me and to bring freedom and rescue. Forgive me of my sin. And from this point on, I will follow you 
and walk in the light that you promised, the hope that you've promised. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer and you're here in the room in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that you can check to say, I've said yes to Jesus. If you're watching online, you can click on the, on, go to gracechurch.life. And in that moment you, on the page, you can click, I've said yes to Jesus. We wanna follow up with you, begin to encourage you as you take your next steps in following Jesus. Maybe today you're in the room and you say, I want somebody to pray for me. As the band sings the final song, Pastor Aaron's gonna be right up front here to, be, to pray with anybody who needs prayer. Church, God's pattern is to bring light to darkness. We get to reflect that light and push back darkness. And as we do, people find rescue. Let's continue to be about the work of rescue, amen? Amen, would you stand with me as I pray? Father, thank you that you are a God of rescue, that you are consistent and constant and we can build our life upon your faithfulness. And God, we, in this moment, we trust that you, God, will use us to bring rescue and to push back darkness. God, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. In Christ's name.